0: Jesse aka The Bizzle Oh The Bizzle thank you (laughs) The Bizzle Thank you The Bizzle Yeah
1: The Bizzle all right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome back to my ongoing video game series with Ethan himself, the master. He's playing some more Destiny, uh, which I'm uh, watching and I'm on his stream. We're going to do a podcast about some recent major video game releases pretty quickly. Our main discussion is going to be talking about the ongoing uh, battle of the Battle Royale uh, games, Fortnite and uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, aka PUBG, in particular. And then we're going to end on some talking about DLC and mods and sort of the state of microtransactions, potentially. We're going to talk about curation on web stores from Steam for the PC to the expanding um, store on the Nintendo Switch, which most people think is is good, but I'm be curious about Ethan's um, uh a point of view on that and then we'll sort of lead from that into the state of consoles in general and the big three of nintendo sony and microsoft so quickly ethan before we get back in uh welcome back to the show and i have to say i am shocked you're playing destiny 2 tonight (laughs) i'm playing destiny 2 pretty much the past two weeks it's
0: been it's been
1: great uh just for you personally
0: but uh, yeah, dead, who would play this game? It's a dead game. Like, <laughs> Destiny 2, never heard of it.
1: Yeah, and actually, you know what? Maybe in the third act, I- I'm revising this on the fly, we will talk Destiny 2 as an example of a game that a lot of people loved initially, then got a lot of negative feedback, but actually has some legs because it's doing stuff better and nicer to the player base than some of the other crap going on with, with online gaming. Does that sound okay as a plan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, if you guys hear a little clicky in the background, it's just because Ethan's playing and he's typing in a little bit. Um, so we're we're all sort of multitasking here. Um, but Ethan has that kind of multitasking mind. Uh, and uh, I think you're actually more focused when you're playing, which is amazing to me.
0: Uh, part of it is also I'm just doing something second nature or something that doesn't require focus. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is part of the appeal, right? Of the play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like with Zelda or whatever. So Yeah, yeah, I mean like if I was playing Breath of the Wild right now, I could just be roaming the wastelands doing whatever. Totally, totally. Um, that actually might be a good topic too for uh, the next podcast is you know about we always talk about all the March releases last year that were pretty mm-hmm. much all the major game of the year nominees um, yeah would be interesting to talk about how all of them have aged a year later um, and just the fact that they all seem to have ages very well in terms of people I still see people playing near I still people see playing a lot of Zelda I still people see uh, see people playing Horizon and so forth but then we'll save that for a another podcast so why don't we jump right in let's talk about some of the major triple-a games that have been out the last few months um, and then one God of War which is coming out very soon um, which neither of us are particularly excited about for ourselves but is undoubtedly uh, a big deal for the industry and a lot of players um, so I want to talk about Sea of Thieves because they just passed two million users um, mm-hmm. uh, with the cross-platform or partial cross-platform play I, I there's some dispute about Whether that two million includes the Xbox um, monthly pass or whatever they call it, it likely does.
0: Mm -hmm. um, We can get a number check here in a second. uh, Once I get a break to just Google it, but yep, Yep. um, okay. It likely does, but either way, that's a huge success. It's a huge success. Yeah, regardless, regardless of how many copies were bought, that meant that even if people were using the free trial for Xbox Game Pass, because you could get an Xbox. Uh, game Pass free trial just to play the game. um That meant that some people were paying sixty dollars, some people were paying ten dollars, regardless of whether or not people bought it, paid for any money at all. It, that two million users, we can assume over half of them paid for the game. Sure, that's a
1: success. It's a huge that's success. A success. Yeah.
0: That's a huge success for a video game. Yeah, yeah. if your ga- if your game sells a million copies, that's a huge success.
1: And look um, and look for a brand new IP. I don't know with this generation, other than Horizon, which sold almost three million in two weeks on a fifty-five million user base. So basically, five percent of all PlayStation users bought Horizon within two weeks or so. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Are there any other examples of brand new IPs on the new generation besides those two aforementioned games that have enjoyed this much immediate popularity and success? Um.
0: May um hold on, sorry, repeat the question one more time.
1: I was just wondering if other than Horizon and Sea of Thieves there have been new IPs that have been this successful. So
0: recently I would say Fortnite, obviously. Um Fortnite as a triple A game, Fortnite counts, even though it technically has early access, but it is a triple A developer.
1: Let's save that because we're definitely getting into Fortnite PUBG
0: big time. Fortnite, we'll we'll say Fortnite's the exception, but Fortnite would be one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm, I know there's one more out there. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, But I know there is one
1: all right so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna talk about three or four games i'm gonna give my like two, real quick opinion then you can give your opinion we'll run through um and then we'll head into the main discussion of Fortnite and PUBG and the battle royale games um really quick about sea of thieves um i've never seen a split reaction like this i haven't played it i have watched a decent amount of streaming full disclosure all the main streamers i follow and full disclosure about them like dodger jesse cox and stripping and all those guys all work in the same office, their best friends even married to each other, Total Biscuit obviously. Um, and they all had the same reaction was, it's absolutely beautiful, it was a blast for a few hours, and then they felt like it ran out of content. And so this is one of those games where the split isn't, we love it or we hate it. The split seems to be we love it versus we don't understand how you play this game more than a few hours with the amount of content in it. So I'm going to stay neutral on this and throw it to you on this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So
0: that that that's kind of everyone's consensus is okay. So so the the overall the overwhelming consensus, even from its supporters, is that this game is not worth sixty dollars. In its current state, the game is not worth sixty dollars. However, yep. from if you look at it uh, for what for people love it versus people who have sort of stopped like it but stop playing it or just hate it at G in general, or at, hate is a strong word. Don't like it is that. Uh, there's not enough content in the game. That's basically everyone's basic plan. It's like, hey, I can get all this gold. I can do all this pirate questing, uh, which some people don't enjoy the the minimalist uh, missions there are. So the mission types are there's only three mission types, and then they go from they go from puzzle quest, fetch quest, and basic combat quest. Right. Those are those are the three mission types. Mm-hmm. So it, th- those are those are three ways to earn gold, other than stealing stuff from other people. Right. Um. <clears throat> and so you, what, what basically it runs into is everyone's like, well, I want to have more mission variety, or I want to have more. Uh, I, I want to have more to chase with. Uh, the gold I'm buying because all of the items you can buy with the gold that you earn in game is cosmetic. Right. People are like I want. I want, which is the example I used on the last episode of the podcast, Mm -hmm. like people, people feel like that they should be able to get a bunch of gold and then buy a fire sword that does more damage than their normal sword. Right. But they're all, all the items are just cosmetics and cosmetics aren't a bad thing. Um, it's just, we, you also need some RPG, like this, this game would thrive with RPG elements in it. Thrive. The problem is, is like the idea is that upon the, the, the the way the developers designed the game was that, that no one like you could roll up on anyone at any time with any who was under any circumstances
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but they wanted every pirate to have the same weapons and equipment available to them, mm-hmm. Um, that any other person would have access to, so that there was no "quote unquote" uneven fights. Like, mm-hmm. if you ran it, if you had a small ship running into a big ship, that's because you made or you, you were you, you chose to sail as a small ship, not a big ship.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: there's only two ship types in the game: there's small ships and there's big ships. Yep. Um, and so that was an intentional design choice. Now, personally, I think minimalist upgrades that don't have magnificent um impacts on combat would be okay something like Mm -hmm. you have more storage space on your ship or something like that Mm -hmm. because um one of the big factors is you collect resources there's three resources in the game there's bananas which heal you there's wooden planks which uh you can use to board up your ship when your ship is sinking sinking not sinking um and you have cannonballs, which you use to fire other ships, obviously. All right. Um, and so an idea that – like an upgrade would be you have more storage space for cannonballs, planks, and bananas because mm. you you can only hold so many on you, so you have to store them on your ship to
2: have more.
1: Okay. All right. Well, if I, if I can just jump into the bigger picture because I don't want to linger sure. on this too long, which is <clears> – <throat> people I listen to say it's definitely not worth 60 in their opinion but it's very much worth 10 for the monthly pass and I'm hoping Microsoft et al learns the right lesson from this and learns how to monetize games where it's more like the indie games you can get on Steam where they're openly like this game is only 5 hours long or this game's only 10 hours long and so we're going to charge you $10 or $20 because if they do it with the $10 monthly pass model they're inevitably going to get some people who want to play it more than the $10 worth and i think yeah
0: I, I i i really think that what they should do is they should just bundle this game with xbox live so long as you have
1: xbox live you can play this game sort of like a playstation plus like sort of I, like, like a I've playstation deus well, x well, live. well i just want to point they, out with sony uh even though my membership's coming up soon i've got the deus ex game which is mixed opinion but i think i'll get some gameplay out of deus ex i got uh i actually just recently got
0: it too i got
1: the uh the full batman telltale series which i don't like as much as life is strange in terms of new adventure games but is a great artwork and super fun i got all the episodes of that for free which i've been playing through uh and so i think that is a good model and um a topic which maybe we'll touch later when we talk about the console battles is Nintendo's in their own class because if you want to play Nintendo games, you have to get Nintendo. Sony, uh, inarguably, has had better success on the on the foundational level in this generation in terms of exclusive games and and and, and so forth. But Microsoft obviously has a great advantage in terms of crossplay between Xbox and PC. Right. And Sony is starting to allow some crossplay on a few games, but I think they're also feeling very threatened that Microsoft is able to kind of double dip, if you will. Um, thoughts? Right.
0: I'm, 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 I really think that Microsoft should embrace the crossplay. That will be the big because if they start to embrace the idea of crossplay, wait,
1: really quick, you mean just between their two systems? Just between just between PC okay. and Xbox. Because More I'm hearing it's that it, crossplay that. with Sony is being held up by Sony.
0: Oh, absolutely, because Sony
1: well here's the thing. If
0: Sony allows it, they, they it's just a win for Xbox. They don't get anything out of it.
1: True. Although Microsoft it, it, is requiring you to sign up for, you know, Xbox Live, even if you do a crossplay on Sony, which is a little, you know. Right, right.
0: But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um here's the thing. Uh, if it was the other way around, if Microsoft had all these deals and Sony didn't, I guarantee you the, these roles will be reversed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so Microsoft is probably just playing the let's let's just play the fan advocate, this fan stance, so we can have more popularity with the fans, just so that just for publicity's sake. And,
1: uh, and really quickly, Sony
0: has no need. Uh, yeah to do anything cross-play because they have all the games they have all the money like why would they right why would they do it well except why that
1: sony's you know the, sony doesn't care about sony that lo- online play is inferior to xbox live i mean you know i think they're both trash but Yeah, but, you know, again, Microsoft does have a good argument of, like, look, we need people to sign in so that we can prevent predators of kids and just naive people, prevent spamming, prevent trolls, and so forth. That's a good argument, even if there are ulterior motives. It's hard to see how you could do a Microsoft-based cross-play with Sony without some sort of login. um, Yeah. Just to protect kids, if nothing else, you know?
0: I mean... uh
1: Here's my argument about the kids thing. Whatever,
0: whatever comes to kids with video games, this is my argument, which is, kids if are you're a kid, played, yeah. Well, one, they're smart, as that video you sent me, and I somewhat agree with, mostly agree with. Mm-hmm. Like, I like I work for I work for after school kids. Mm-hmm. There's not a day I don't go by one at least some, one point in the day. I don't I don't hear Fortnite come up
2: mm-hmm.
0: from these kids, and I, have, yeah. I had a six year old playing using his iPhone to play Fortnite. Yep. So like I I totally like kids are smart kids get um but more importantly what i'm trying to say here is um if you're if if you have a kid playing video games eh, i'm sorry they kind of sign up for it like the internet culture today is just so open
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and listen listen i i don't ever uh, condone someone saying nasty or mean to a kid i don't think it's okay but i think that's the way the internet world works
1: And let's be honest, so-called adult streamers with millions of followers from uh, Ninja to PewDiePie to T. Martin and these guys have all been really, really shady, racist, offensive, all sorts of various stuff. So it's not like the so-called adults in charge are any better.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like
1: The world today is
0: like... Are adults any really different than some, what some of these kids and how they act? Yeah, um, sure. You could say that they have full control of their actions, but whatever. Like, so the, the kid art, the kid video game argument thing has never resonated with me. Especially since, as a kid, I always felt like I could play more advanced video games than I was allowed to play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe that's just I was. Maybe too. that's just a yeah. hindsight thing. I but, was too. Yeah. So
1: whatever. Yeah. You know um, Bl- Eth. Screw the other AAA games, because we don't really have that much to say. Let's jump into Fortnite and PUBG while we're talking about it. So um, we said this a little in the last podcast, but since we're doing a much larger discussion here, I just want to restate that when you and I started doing these podcasts at the end of last year, around Christmas time, Battlegrounds Unknown was not only the undisputed king of the Battle Royale genre, but... It was the king on Twitch. It was king on Twitch, and it was the the only real competitor in that genre from a mass level at the time at the moment at the time let me just read you a couple stats from this past week so currently nearly one-third listen just process this almost one-third of all people who identify as pc gamers in february are playing some sort of battle royale some amount Mm of time 30 percent sounds about right Now, in terms of the share of that, Fortnite has a 16.3% share, and PUBG has a 14.6% share, which isn't a huge difference in terms of Fortnite. Just in terms of numbers, Fortnite is around 45 million, so just to do some quick math, that's like 35, 40 million for, um, Battleground, but they have clearly moved past very quickly, and you know the the the, the reason on the surface is obvious, which is they didn't have a battle royale system a few months ago, and it was paid for the main part of the cooperative Fortnite, I believe, and then they released battle royale to compete for free and immediately jump past PUBG. So my question for you to get this started is. A, is there any way we could have seen this coming? And B, what are your thoughts and possible reasons why Fortnite has surpassed PUBG so f- quickly and so dramatically, even if they're still relatively on par from a purely market share uh, standpoint?
0: Sure. So um, first things first, PUBG was... So, so the, the, the battle royale genre has moved like this. It was the original ARMA 3 mod which, uh, the guy, unknown made.
1: I'm sorry, what, right. the what mod? Arma 3. Okay. It's
0: it's an old, it's an old Steam shooter, I believe. Is that, is that an acronym? Arma? Today. Does
1: that stand for something? Ar, no,
0: it's it's called Arma. The game is called Arma 3. Okay. Game's called Arma 3. This, we're talking about, like, 2011 stuff here. Gotcha. So this is way old, as far as anyone else is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, then there, um, which, which uh, Daisy was also... That, that's the round of time Daisy was starting to get some hype.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: which then brought on the powers of H1Z1, which is still alive today, but it's th- the least popular of the three BRs.
1: Yeah, and, and really um, quickly, again... Having, but it's still a competitor. It is a competitor. But among the, that and the other main two we're talking about, wh- the streamers I listen to, whether they play PUBG or Fortnite or not... Most of them agree that PUBG and Fortnite are both very good, um, to varying degrees. No one seems to love H1Z1, from what I can tell, but that's the one I know the least about and it has the smallest market share. Yeah, I mean, it's a competitor.
0: They're working stuff out. If they make a right move, they'll get there. But they're probably just going to get crushed by. They're they're just kind of. I, I I'd say Fortnite was really killed them. Kind of like uh, kind of like the French and Indian War. But the <laughs> Indians are mm. H1Z1. I like it.
1: I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So back to the PUBG Fortnite comparison. So let me let me break it down into components. So what made PUBG so appealing for such a relatively long time in terms of the tech cycle, which is like measured in months or weeks at this point? Um, what made PUBG so you know popular and good for so long? And how was Fortnite? Um either in terms of its business model or its actual gameplay or both able to surpass PUBG so relatively quickly in your opinion. So so there's a little bit of history here, and that's what I was
0: that's kinda what I'm about to get into here. So um H1Z1 was also created by the same guy who did the armor three go- three mod player unknown. The player unknown guy. Um here's the problem they took some steps in the wrong direction. Like they, the, the dev team took a different direction than what he wanted to go. So he left, he left the dev team, made player on own battlegrounds based off of what he wanted from H1Z1. And that's why it started to get traction Cause this was the same guy who was kind of making all of these great game, this, this game, of this game, basically, mm-hmm. these are all basically the same game that's come from the same guy, but they went in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, And so what you have is this game, this indie game that is really popular because it's made by this guy who makes this game mode and it moves on to the point where uh, it it just uh, basically at this point, like the, it was the dominant game for three months and uh, a lot of people were frustrated with how slow the development was of the game. Because this was the most popular game in the world at the time. Yep. Alright? And it was frustratingly badly early in development. Like, yep. like if this this game would not go this this would not fly. This is this would be considered alpha testing
2: mm-hmm. for mm-hmm.
0: like a game uh normally. Like this would not this no company would ever ship a game like this. Mm-hmm. This bad. Unless you're EA. <clears throat> Mass Effect and drama. Which we
1: will get. Um, we're going to get back to AAA developers at the end, but keep going.
0: Um, so there's a lot of this frustration around this because so many people were playing this game, and so people were loving it, but it was just not optimized. The graphics, the, the frame rate was all over the place. Uh, it was it was hard. It was difficult to watch and play in the sense that like
2: mm-hmm. you
0: you just felt like when you were controlling it. It, it it was sometimes bad because the your depth of field, so you couldn't see certain things from further distance, or the lighting was bad, or the like, like just so many things wrong with the graphical settings. Mm-hmm. That goes into a game that in this game didn't pan out
1: well. So can I can I just jump in real quick? <clears throat> mm-hmm. So in my ongoing effort to catch up to the in to the deep part of the uh, video and computer game industry, I've only recently learned about Unity. And okay. when I re- originally saw, like, what, the first time I saw gameplay and graphics from PUBG, it immediately felt generic to me. Now, I chucked that up to just weak graphics and just, like, a brownish, yellowish kind of color filter, which I'm never a huge fan of. But it, it's, it, it's very well known at this point that, like a lot of games, both big and small, they have used public assets including unity assets which you can get for very cheaply and repurpose um, and as long as you pay for them you can use them and there's in, there's literally hundreds of games on Steam which are just repurposed unity assets essentially and then repackaged but are all essentially the same game now that's not PUBG it is interesting that in recent days it's been reported that PUBG is suing PUBG clones that are clearly PUBG clones from China in the most part although they've also taken some shots at for Fortnite haven't gone after Fortnite directly from a, a legal standpoint. Well, they'll,
0: lo- they'll lose. Right,
1: right, which is why they're not. Um, a, a, but the fact that they're accusing other people of like stealing their frying pan, for example, was one I heard. Um, While well, they're yeah. using Unity assets that I could literally buy now and throw into a Unity engine that I could literally buy right now is uh, ironic, to say the least.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Linux is great. It's okay for video, it's okay for video game making, but Unity is kind of like the, the way it works when you're gonna do it with video game making. Yep. Um. So you have what well, getting getting back from our your background here. Mm-hmm. Um. You, you had this deep frustration with the game that the game didn't felt feel like it was being updated very quickly. You a lot of people felt like that they were just gonna ditch this game. they, they got their 10 million copies sold. Of $30 a piece so they were just going to not finish the product eventually right? Uh, like most of these because what you see with uh, a lot a lot a lot a lot of these early access games is that they will eventually get finished like for example a lot of people were getting very excited for a Z update that was happening the other day that they were coming out of Alpha mm-hmm. finally four years after the hype of the game had started to surface
2: mm-hmm. and
0: gone away so, uh, it, people were afraid, and then you have Fortnite come out, and this this game. What you have to understand is that this game previously launched back in August of the previous year, crazy twenty sixteen, or no, another twist, twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Yep. Um. So for them to release this BR to come out and start to. First of all, it was polished. It was clean. It was optimized. It was ready to go. Mm-hmm. It was a game that the graphics were great. The well, they, they were gr- great. An overstatement. Um, they, there was nothing wrong with them. Let's put it that way. There was nothing wrong with them. It's colorful. It, it was colorful. It was the the game was developed. It was ready. It was a product. <laughs> and most importantly, it was free. Mm-hmm. How important it is that it was free. I cannot
1: understand. Wait, Fortnite. Okay. For, I thought the cooperative. I can't remember. versus the world, or whatever it's called, the PVE uh, cooperative did cost money. I, maybe I'm wrong on that. Sorry. Did I? Did I?
0: Did, I, did I, I might have gotten a little bit off track there. So the game comes
1: out early, early last year or mid last year, way
0: before the BR comes out.
1: Uh,
0: um. People, people, people like it. Mm-hmm. They chalk it off. They like it, They move on. The hype cycle moves on. Then you get the BR coming out in the middle of this PUBG hype hype, like the the BR hype train, PUBG hype train. Right. And the game is optimized. The game is ready to go. hmm uh, the the game is in place, and lo and behold, it's free. It's a free battle royale game.
2: hmm
0: How? F- why it's free? I cannot understand. And it's so important that it's free. Right. Because. <clears throat> What you have to understand is is that PUBG was very is very popular. Battle royals are very popular, not because the game mode is necessarily fun, but because it is incredibly fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Battle royale in essence is just Hunger Games. At any time, you can turn on a battle royale stream and get the s. Don't feel like you have to know what's going. On. It's, oh, I'm fighting, you can clearly tell when someone's trying to get loot, or you can clearly tell when someone is in the middle of a fight, or is trying to sneak around someone, or whatever. Like, you know what's going on in the middle of the fight, because it's just hunter games. It's just mm. kill people and survive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's all it is. Be the last one standing.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, and so, for a lot of people who could not buy PUBG, this was their chance to get into the VR action, because they now had access to a VR game. Right. Or they didn't want to spend $30 on a, on a broken game.
2: Mm-hmm. Boom.
0: You now have a fully developed game, a BR, that you can play. And mm-hmm. it's free. You can play with your friends. It's, it's go at it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So being free literally like was the greatest thing they could have ever done. Because it literally launched their game into success. Because if it wasn't free, if it cost money, if you had to already own Fortnite, I guarantee you it would have never gotten off the ground.
1: And again... Let's be clear. The original Fortnite cooperative costs money. Which is still in early access, but it's going to come out. Right. And it'll be free but, for everyone shortly here. Right. But it was more complete than PUBG was initially, I think is fair right. to say and you know the same way the mobile market is starting to readjust itself where for a bunch of years free to play games seemed like the best thing ever till people realized they were spending hundreds of dollars on free to play games and so now it's like it's like if i see a game that costs 5.99 i'm happy to pay for that on mobile because assuming it's not like a plus DLC thing like you just buy the game and it's all there and we talk about the old days of video games, and yes, it's easy to be nostalgic. But let's be honest: before the days of ton- of tons of patching and stuff, you b- buy a game for like the GameCube, like you know the game is done or should be done. Right. Now you have day one DLC, you have day one patches, you have season passes and pre orders, which are so scammy, you know, especially season passes, which are promising a certain amount of DLC and the price, and no guarantee that it's ever going to happen, especially if the game bombs. Like um, No Man's Sky or even Mass Effect Andromeda, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so, oh, quick up, quick
0: update on Mass or on uh, No Man's Sky. By the way, they're finally releasing it for Xbox. So hmm. yay! Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yep. and,
1: and, and really quickly, just to tie back in Sea of Thieves for a sec. Sea of Thieves promised a lot more content than it had. The difference no, though dude. with No Man's okay. Sky. Well, it depends who you ask. No, Man, no Man's
0: Sky promised
1: more content okay. than it has. The insiders I know who know the developers of Sea of Thieves said they were promising more content without being specific. But let me just finish my thought. The difference is No Man's Sky promised way more content in, in great detail than was released. So they straight up lied as opposed to just being vague. And they sold the ginormous, like ridiculously huge open world experience as a selling point, but the emptiness of, of that galaxy or whatever ended up being like one of the main problems where Sea of Thieves never really promised you know in general way more than what it was I think people just yeah to a certain extent assumed and to a certain extent was reading between the lines that there would be more to do and just certain things like why can't you have like a, just a straight up treasure hunt in Sea of Thieves where someone buries treasure and you're racing against the clock to like compete against someone to find that buried treasure or why doesn't Sea of Thieves release a battle think, royale that's what I, I- I don't understand.
0: I think the better question is Mm -hmm. in Sea of Thieves, why the fuck? Because the whole point of the game is, and I promise we're going to move on from this, guys, I think the biggest problem is if the game is a sandbox, it's all about pretending to be a pirate, having fun being a pirate, why the fuck
1: can't you have a parrot? (laughs) So back to Fortnite. (laughs) So my question is, is Fortnite surpassing it's more colorful it's more accessible the sort of minecraft element and building stuff adds yep. a new layer of complexity um it appeals more to kids especially those that grew up on minecraft and they can play with their parents it's obviously still violent in terms of shooting but it's not like you know it's more like uh, is it fair there's to no say blood. it's more like there's overwatch no a little bit no blood. yeah there's no, blood. there's no blood so my question is is it is this a sustainable lead? Do you see the lead? Cl- uh, do you see the? Do you see um, uh, the gap closing? Do you see the gap widening with PUBG? Do you see another player like if Sea of Thieves? If Sea of Thieves releases a battle royale model, um, wh- wh- where do you see this going? I see.
0: So here's the thing. So I think Fortnite is here to stay. Mm-hmm. I think for I, th- I think I think Fortnite was the first one to grab the mountaintop and say I am here, deal with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think Fortnite is the first game to do that since Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Fortnite is here to stay. I think the bubbles gonna burst, but not anytime soon. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna remain around for a little bit. I think it's possible that Fortnite is in a sense the next League legal. You, bro- you broke up there for a second like I
1: think you said it's the next League of Legends. Um,
0: so yeah, so it's it's the next it's the next big like MOBA style thing where you have a bunch of people that are in on this category of game and they follow this genre of game specifically,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and they're in for this type of game specifically. I think I think sure. this is this is the beginning of the movement of that next thing because the last time this happened was for League of Legends specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, so you have, you have this whole blow-up on social platforms everywhere. Mm-hmm. The last time this happened was for MOBA specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, was this many people coming in this many volumes to visit these streams, like the Drake, uh, the Drake and Ninja stream?
1: Which, by the way, for the record, because it's the Bizzlecast, I praised Ninja on the last podcast for representing Twitter well. And, like, a day after I released that, or Twitch well, a day after I released that podcast, he unnecessarily dropped multiple n bombs on his stream. So, I- I'm going to just stop praising these overhyped Twitch, uh, Twitchers who aren't in my crew. So what did he speak. say it for? What's that? What up? did he do it for?
0: What did he say it for?
1: He cl- he was like freestyle rapping over like rap instrumental music and thought that it was like in the genre, so he could say "Ener a few times okay, so yeah. yeah, I've heard worse, but I'm not defending him, whatever, yeah, anyway, anyways. anyways. I just I, I needed to make that addendum because I did praise him in the last podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I no, I understand. I wanted to just make it. Uh,
0: he's he's gonna go raise a couple million for kids. I'll I'll let it I'll let it slide.
1: Sure, or I'll he'll end slide. up like Pro Syndicate and T Martin and make millions yeah. of dollars over a company that they own without telling anybody on rigged loot box betting unboxing. So it could go. Out yeah, who knows?
0: yeah um, who knows?
1: Okay. Speaking of which. He's already after all he's already making 500 grand a, a month. month. Yeah. So <laughs> so speaking of which, so the fact that people don't generally complain about the the ways that you know games like Fortnite and and PUBG make money through microtransactions but people put up a huge stink about Destiny and Destiny 2 DLC and microtransactions. Mm-hmm. Can that be purely chucked up to the fact that you had to pay a full 60 bucks up front for uh, a game like Destiny as opposed to free-to-play, but otherwise it's basically the same thing and it's just people's cute so, perspectives?
0: So, so, part, so, so the first part of the conversation is if you're going to have microtransactions, I, I, th- I think most, most gamers in general will agree that your game has to be free to play and it has to be quality and it has to be true to its integrity if you're going to have microtransactions. And so Fortnite, League of Legends, those games fit in those categories mm-hmm. for the most part. For the most part. Um, uh, you're not buying power. You're only buying cosmetic. And the game is outside of that the same game regardless of whether or not you're buying items within it.
1: The question is whether it gives you competitive advantage. Competitive advantage. So Battlefront 2 sold you a competitive advantage.
0: It did. It did. Um, The big problem with Destiny 2's microtransactions was you bought this game and the most interesting items, the coolest items, were for the most part behind the paid loot boxes. Now you could earn them through in-game just like you could Battlefront 2's, but it was a random slot machine chance that you would get them.
1: And what about the it amount wasn't of grinding? Shot. Like from the scale of and, very and so, fa- so, Well, hold on, let me just ask a question. So from the scale of like a reasonable amount of grinding to the insane amount of Battlefront two grinding initially before like the many supposed fixes, like where does Destiny two fall in terms of just paying to level up or get shit versus grinding to a, get the stuff? It's going. a random slot
0: machine every time. You could have I, I saw video titles that said I spent six hundred dollars for all three gear sets, like or uh, meanwhile, I got my entire gear set that I wanted within the entire event timing for free. So it was it, it for Destiny Two it was actually just a slot machine uh, on chances. Um, but the real problem was is that it felt like the loot boxes were in replacement of yeah. said end game grind. When Destiny has been about an end game grind for good loot
1: mm-hmm. for a
0: long time.
1: Can I ask you a very sp- Pers- like not personal but like specific question about Absolutely. your experience destiny 2 so you've you're on the record of saying you've spent in the the area of 200 dollars on destiny 2
0: uh on destiny 2 yes if you want to if you want to count the game just the game itself mm-hmm. and within the game i have spent Over two hundred dollars.
1: Yes. Okay. So let's subtract. Now that, that that's the, the between, that's
0: between I, I just want to specifically point out the, just what I've spent. Well, well that's no, that was my question. So, wait, really quickly,
1: really quickly. So, but I was about to go there. So let me just set up the questions. let's let's subtract the game fee of sixty bucks or whatever you paid for it. So of the remainder, well, I, actually, it's bigger than that. That's what I wanted to point out. Okay. So it's okay. I've spent. I bought. I've, I have two. So break it down. Break down how it's been spent.
0: I have two $100 versions of the game that i bought. won. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's $200 right there. I've spent at least I spent $10 on PlayStation. Micro-
1: now was that, players. sorry, I got to stop you. Was that day one DLC? Was that a collector's edition? Did it come with physical shit? Like what was the $100 per game? So the hundred,
0: so there's $60 for both of the biggest games. And then both, I have both expansion passes for DLC one and DLC two. DLC one already came out. DLC two comes out next month mm-hmm. for destiny two. Mm-hmm. For both PC and P- PlayStation.
1: So, what generally comes in the DLC for Destiny?
0: Um, a cinematic campaign
1: mm-hmm.
0: of an additional at least like five or so story missions versus okay. like around fifteen story missions for the base game. Okay. Um, it comes with uh, at least two additional multiplayer maps. Generally, three. Um, and. Uh, it comes out with a slew of additional weapons, armor, gear to collect. In addition, in Destiny history, the expansion pass DLCs, which are the first two DLCs of each Destiny game, have always improved the power difference dramatically and the level difference between mm-hmm. um, when you're leveling up your characters. Mm-hmm. So, tower and level are different things in Destiny. I'm not going to go into them because that's a long conversation. Sure. Um, but they, they are two different stats to. Level
1: up. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you spent money directly on loot boxes and those sorts of microtransactions? Yes,
0: Yes, I've spent $10 on PlayStation, and I've spent about $3 on PC.
1: Which is a very reasonable amount. I, I think I've spent more than that on Hearthstone. So, I mean... 40 total dollars on microtransactions knowing full well what you're doing yeah but i mean herfstone is a game that i don't like no which is fine and i don't play it anymore and and, you know they it's gotten way worse over the years but the point is people spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on this stuff did you get anything significant in that 40 dollars or so that you spent
0: i was able to yes
1: but was, it, was it generally impulse, like just f- screw it, I'll just spend 20, 30, 40 bucks and just see what happens, but that's all I'm going to do? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Also, part, part, part of it was I genuinely wanted like cool cosmetic stuff. Yep. And by the way, really quickly, the whole children gambling fallacy, which I put in quotation marks, first of all, if children are spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on DLC and microtransactions, that's on their parents for giving them a credit card number. Um, for one thing, you can't pay in cash. Um, even like a PayPal account, you know, which is really easy to spend money on. You still need permission to do that and authorization to do that. And I would argue that it's mostly adults, either super rich adults that have an insane amount of disposable income or people with a genuine gambling problem. Now I do think that look in Vegas, for example, even slot machines, it needs to be fully disclosed to the government, the percentages of chances of victory on those slot machines. Okay. Right. It is against the law to not disclose it. And the fact that the video game industry isn't regulated that way, that needs to change immediately in a hurry. And not only are foreign governments doing this from Belgium to Australia, but states like Hawaii and a few China, others. Too. China uh, did it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Hawaii is the state and the lead of this country, I mean, a lot of stuff starts – a lot of progressive legislation in this country start in the smaller states, and it's always the biggest when California embraces it. So when California and and maybe New York State embraces regulations on on that, this is the biggest problem, and why I think the AAA industries are screwing themselves is they're so greedy that if they just stuck to the normal rules of gambling and revealed what percentage chance you had to get legendaries and stuff – they would still make a shit ton of money on microtransactions, but nope, they had to go the extra mile and lie about it uh, you know, about your chances of getting stuff and make it so addictive by, you know like, for example, if you knew that five percent of the time you get a legendary, you could spend hundred dollars, and you know five of those dollars would be go towards a legendary. You at least knew what you were getting roughly. you know mm-hmm. the, the way it is right now is insane, and the, these companies should not be necessarily sued just because the legislation isn't in place. But the le- that legislation, in my opinion, I'll get off my high horse, needs to happen ASAP.
0: Uh... I agree. Uh, the nice thing is...
1: Well, I don't think that- there's... Sorry, I don't think there's room to disagree that it's it would be illegal with normal gambling, what they're doing right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Tough, tough call. Tough call. I, I I I
0: agree with you, but it's no, a tough it's not a tough overall. call.
1: It, what they are doing in terms of not revealing um, the percentage chance of of attaining certain things when buying these random loot boxes would not be permissible in any casino in this country. Correct. Part of the problem though is is that it depends on the game. Yeah, that's what i'm saying i'm saying the games that specifically have high, variable loot boxes to the point of you know th- th- that they're not revealing percentage chances of attaining certain things i mean look you know magic the gathering has been doing this for 20 fucking years you know but they're not making nearly the kind of money that these games are and all of this should be regulated
0: mm-hmm. yeah um what was i about to say
1: but you know what i mean like you could still do loot boxes where you weren't sure what you were getting but like for example you know i dabble in a little star wars destiny which is basically star wars magic with some dice but they reveal specifically when 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 a store buys a box right of say uh, you know um 100 packs of or like 50 packs of cards for 120 dollars. there are a specific number of legendaries and rares in that box per pack it's it's completely revealed so while it's still a giant waste of money as both the store and the consumer you know what the chances are of gaining certain things and overall it does happen when you buy enough packs it does conform to the percentages that they've revealed publicly hmm. that's all I'm
0: saying no I, I no, I, I, I listen I agree with you I agree with you it's, it's, it would just be a matter of like when you're attacking that issue like what game gets broader which circumstances and that, that, that's where the larger debate needs to come into play and where it's to come into wraps.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, look, I guess the bigger point, Ethan, I'm trying to make is I'm fine with all this DLC microtransaction stuff and people need to take responsibility for either themselves and or their children. But there is a certain amount of regulation that would be very easy to put in place. But the bigger problem is the highly cynical and greedy attitude that is revealed about these companies because of this rather than mm-hmm. the specifics of the numbers if that makes sense you know especially when it comes to ea activision ubisoft to a certain degree although we didn't end up talking about far cry in the beginning which just really quickly i think you and i have both heard that far cry 5 is better than previous editions but it's still far cry but it's generally agreed that ubisoft seems to be headed sort of in the right direction while ea and activision and some other companies continue to go down this road of just bleeding consumers dry unnecessarily
0: Yeah. I mean part, part of it is part so we can actually get into that if you want. Yeah. Um so so I actually want to focus on Ubisoft a little bit here. Ubisoft has set themselves up. Like actually. So what they have here is they have a winning FPS shooter that most people agree is good, solid, and they, they enjoy it. Rainbow Six Siege. They've set themselves up with that. They've set themselves up with the division, which we could we could firmly say now has gone a full one eighty and turned itself into like they have ensured that people will buy division two, which we know is will, will be coming out.
1: Well, let's, let's hone in on that real quick. So Rainbow Six Siege is a game that the streamers I watch really wanted to like and now are getting back on board with, like a lot of people. So using Rainbow Six Siege as an example, what did they do? And by the way, this speaks to the fact that games for better or worse now have two releases, essentially at least two. They have the day one release, which almost everyone is unhappy about at some level. And then they have the sort of retooling. So what happened in the retooling of Rainbow Six Siege in particular, which is bringing people back to the game? Cause I think this is instructive to what we're talking about
0: um, quality additions
1: to their game so uh, when
0: when you have a dev team that you continue to support as a publisher over time to improve your game what you've seen what we've seen so far just in the past few years alone with Rainbow Six Siege and with um, the division is that you can turn a game that has a loving community about it Back, you make the game good again. You can make the game what people want. But
1: to I'm play. saying, was it was it was it gameplay stuff that turned Siege around, or was it like getting rid of microtransactions and that sort of nonsense? Well, there was never microtransactions in Siege. At least not that I'm aware of. So it's about. just pure gameplay. It was it, it. They the gameplay was always fun in Siege. They
0: just needed to improve it. Um, they needed to fix a lot of things. But it was the biggest. The reason why it's so successful is that it's the best competitive shooter on console. Sure.
1: Look, I'm the first person to say that every Assassin's Creed game I've ever played is fun for like a few hours and then gets super old, so I've given up on it, but... Even though Ubisoft has been involved in certainly plenty of microtransaction and, you know, day one DLC and season passes and stuff, most of the criticism of Ubisoft has been about the generic nature of all of their sequels. Whereas with EA and Activision and so forth, there's been that sort of criticism but most of it has been about microtransactions and bleeding people Try. I'm not letting Ubisoft off the hook I still want to see them move past some of these things Mm -hmm. and you know I've criticized Bethesda a lot before but that's been just because of bugginess you know Bethesda at least is still making quality single player you know giant single player campaigns with story first you know and and part of the reason it's buggy is because they focus so much on story and stuff Um, and so I give them credit where Credits do so. I think there is different. There is a difference between AAA developers, and it's a fallacy to group all of them together. Um, Correct. So, uh, can we come back to Destiny again because it's the one you're so well, much more familiar with? So it's an yeah. Activision game. You can actually get it on BattleNet, which a lot of people don't realize. I thought half by price now, right
0: now, guys, half price right now. I thought by
1: n- I thought by now BattleNet would be fully integrated with Activision, but I believe Destiny is the only well, game. This- well, this this is actually their first step because
0: it right now, so uh, Call of Duty on PC is historically known for being terrible for optimization because they never patch anything hmm. because they have to pay Steam to release patches. That's how platforms work. Right. Whatever you as a developer want to release a patch for something,
1: which is insane have, because or whatever, it, yeah. Well, it's just let me Sony, quick, really Microsoft, quick. they yeah. scoop stuff, they scoop it off the top. Which is a terrible excuse because much smaller indie developers like Paradox are patching Stellaris constantly. Mm hmm.
0: And so, Steam. like, there, there's fees. There, there's just fees that come off of this stuff. They, that, that's why. That's why.
1: Right, but that's like the whole sixty dollars game. Frequently. But that's the whole like, well, we need to raise the price of games or do all the microtransaction stuff because we're just not making money on the sixty dollars purchase of a game. Blah blah blah, which is nonsense.
0: I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying. I'm not, I'm not excusing them. I'm saying why they do it. Um, so that, that that's why some games for updates are like ill frequent in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's th- that's one of the big issues, but um, from th- so Call of Duty's always been infamously known for the fact that they rarely update and optimize things because they don't want to update their games on PC to then pay the money to take it off, to update it.
1: And let's be um, honest, the the complete ripoff racket that was the remastered Call of Duty Modern Warfare is in. Excusable. The fact that you essentially got less from the original game for more money, and, and the fact that they packed in DLCs and all this stuff and microtransactions, which had no place there, is completely inexcusable. Um, agreed. Um Which sucks well, because I, well, I really want to get were, all the modern well, the, warfare remastered the games. The only reason
0: they did it the only reason they did it, was because Infinite Warfare was so badly received, no one was spending money microtransactions there, so they spent microtransactions over they put them over there so people would buy it. That's what they did it. Is. I
1: understand the reasons to force people to if, buy Infinite it. Together. Warfare didn't
0: suck, if Infinite Warfare didn't suck, but it does, they would have they wouldn't have never touched it. I guarantee you. But anyway. Anyway, you are explaining
1: the reasons why they justified it but not the real greed behind it which is what no, I'm No, no, that about.
0: that is the greed. That yeah. I'm explaining the greed. Okay. I'm explaining the why they do things to get more money. They no, do that right. to get more money and that's the, the which is the essence essence of their
1: greed. Okay. All right. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, this will be an ongoing story. We're looking A, to, any, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Anyway.
0: So let, let, let me get what what i was trying to say is, okay, which is ahead. so recently I uh, For the new Black Ops 4, hype and all that, blah, 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 next Call of Duty, etc. On the Call of Duty, you can connect your battle net to the Call of Duty, which means that they were testing Destiny 2 on Blizzard to see how it was doing. So when they release it through Blizzard, because let's be honest, why would you be able to log in through Blizzard if you weren't going to be able to buy the game through Blizzard this upcoming September or whatever, whenever they're going to release it? Mm -hmm. You get the idea. Why would they allow that? So what it seems like to me is they're going to put their game on Blizzard so that they don't have to spend any money and worry about fees to update the game so it'll actually be good on PC,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is going to be great, mm-hmm. which will be cool, which means there might be finally be a PC audience for a Call of Duty
1: game, but whatever. Um, Fuck Call of Duty. I bought way too many of their games. But th- I like Zombies. All right, man. Well, let's move on to the uh, final selection of topics. Um, We'll explore a few different other things going on. Um, It was just the 20th anniversary of StarCraft, um, which is great and uh, makes me feel even older than I already feel. (laughs) Dude, the back is the first thing to go. You hit 35, all of a sudden your back is like... Uh, But... uh, it, w- it was received very well. They had a bunch of sort of friendly competitions between some of the bigger streamers, like In Control TV, who's a guy I follow regularly. Um, and speaking of, like guys of In Control, He's having, like many people, a lot of success streaming old school type strategy games like Civ, like XCOM, StarCraft, even newer games like Stellaris, but that are based on older games. I mean, okay. as we've talked about a lot, Civilization, even f- 4 and 5 are heavily streamed, not to mention 6, StarCraft, XCOM. My question is why aren't more companies embracing these genre of games, or is it just that these properties? and IPs are so old and well-established that no one even wants to try and challenge them, even though newer IPs like Stellaris are doing a pretty good job of, of, of getting their foot in the door.
0: Yeah, so the the, the biggest problem is um, you have these guys, you have these big, the big titans of the strategy world who were kind of the established group. Um, kind of like... Uh, I'm talking at the user level too. By the way, no, no, I understand. Yeah. Um, so part part of it is, part of it is, um, you can't. It, it, it's it's hard to fight against. It, it, it's hard to fight against the establishment, especially in the strategy game genre, where it's like there is nothing else in a sense. Um, the the good strategy games that come out are so few and far between that like only one really takes off every couple of years. Case in point, Hearthstone a couple years ago, um, and now it's Stellaris this, just this past year. Um, and so like, whenever a Civ game comes out, whenever an XCOM game comes out, whenever a StarCraft expansion comes out, those are just going to be the big hype talks of the strategy world just because they are just the best. Just hands down. And people don't want to be... It's not that people aren't willing to experiment with these style of games, but they want the, they want specifically these titles to expand upon what's great about them specifically,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: become better than they already are. Mm-hmm. Especially for this, specifically is means Civ because while XCom, XCom just expands upon new story and new stuff like that, StarCraft kind of just does the same. While because they don't really change their PvP aspects too much, Civ is definitely the one that
1: really built up
2: on
0: top of like what it already has uh, the formula and how the game
1: works. Well, by the way, I should, I should point out, um, maybe Starcraft is not great in this debate, but in terms of Civ and XCOM, the streamers that I watch in just in terms of people's playing habits is mostly single player stuff and not, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, I also should say that Starcraft built its reputation initially on its amazing Campaign in the original game, and then the whole brood war com- competitive scene in South Korea and so forth blew up. Um, and the the, the campaigns for Starcraft 2 are mixed, they're still pretty good and long and engrossing, even though the story's not nearly as good. But I, I'm saying, like, I guess what I'm saying is, it can't be a coincidence that all the best selling strategy games at this point, for the most part, are based on IPs that were around in the 90s when I was playing. But as a counterpoint, Warhammer, who's willing to whore out their IP to pretty much anybody has had a million chances from Dawn of war to the total war series to do real time and turn based strategy games. Some of which like total war, are okay, but they could be doing much, much better in terms of quality and already make a lot of money for the Warhammer brand. So my question is, are people just so intimidated by the brands of XCOM, Civ, Starcraft and so forth in those somewhat niche genres that they don't even want to try and compete unless it's a sort of more minimalist 4x game like Stellaris, where you don't need quite as much investment of money and time because the graphical, you know, um, nature isn't quite as demanding.
0: I think it's part of I, part of it. Part of it is is that the big money it's never been with the strategy games.
1: Sure.
0: At least the video strategy. I mean, video Civ games. and Starcraft sell a lot, but. The, 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 I, I would I would say those are the big of the big. Like we're 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 we're, try, we're trying we're about right. Hey, FP, trying to make a new FPS game is not very profitable. No, no I understand.
1: I'm I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but the question I'm having is why are they the best of the best, and is it is it inevitable based just on their IPs themselves, and why well, other people aren't at least attempting to try and compete and add to that market? I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer like. I'm, I'm, I'm going to okay. answer that. Go ahead. I I,
0: I I would say the simple answer is is that we like these games. The, these big, the big boys here, they are the chess of the video game world,
2: mm-hmm. and that
0: nothing can ever replace chess. Nothing's ever going to be different chess, in that sense. Except you, you know that the saying? board
1: game industry since twenty twelve has is like. 10 times what it was making before and the majority of those games are like quote-unquote designer or Euro games. Um, it's not just Monopoly and chess, but anyways. So no, I understand, but like, you understand the metaphor I'm trying to point out. Here, I do, but is, what I'm saying is 20 years ago, the Settlers of Catan didn't exist and it sold dozens of millions of copies and is, you a know, whole industry among itself. So if the board game industry can do it with no, European and, and, and indie and developers, happened. I don't it, know why it can't happen in the computer it world. It did happen.
0: It happened, it happened. It happened with most recent, the most recent thing that's happened with it has been MOBAs,
1: right? Multiplayer online, which out. is which, I, I continue I, to have a ton of, I, sh- a ton stress. Uh, I, a, but, a, but I, I, of stress. I just my problem with MOBAs is a, I just don't care about multiplayer in general. But b, I can't help but think it's like a really, really, really oversimplified terms of the playing experience of a real-time strategy like i would rather just play starcraft and control entire units and bases rather than sure. just click you know like 150 clicks per per second or whatever per minute sure. but
0: you the know. most recent explosion of a new strategy game genre and strategy games in general were moments that that that, that that's the that's the point right. of your question and so it, it, it's hard because to 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 create a game where you where you get people involved, to get people involved in a strategy franchise, in a sense, because mm-hmm. versus this is just a strategy game. Stellaris if Starlars could do a second launch of a, a second title at some point here will become a strategy franchise. Well, to be fair, will, and,
1: to be fair, version 2 of Stellaris was a radical reenvisioning of game that in any AAA title they would have resold for full price as a whole yep. new game and it they, they charged literally $0 to pre-existing owners to get the new game and you didn't have to update if you didn't want to. Yep. You know, almost everyone agrees it's better, and they've patched it up incredibly fast and efficiently in ways that most people approve of. They're incredibly responsive to the user base. And I, you know, I think that these, you know, small to mid sized indie game developers are really making the AAA companies look bad, but maybe the pressure, you know, is good. And overall, the disaster that was Battlefront 2, for example, well, it's hard to know whether that will lead to permanent change or whether they'll just keep fucking up. And then just apologize and then keep fucking up and then apologize and so forth. Right.
0: But it, like like people, from what I can tell, like as far as strategy games go, don't want they like they like the strategy game genre has enough depth in it per game that they don't need consistent large right. and more titles to play. Right. When you play StarCraft you don't want to necessarily be playing other. You, you don't want to be playing other versions of StarCraft. It's just the same game, or mm-hmm. in the sense, the same game. It, it, they're all real time. You don't want to be playing multiple real time strategy games. Yeah. You want to be playing StarCraft because in StarCraft you're trying to you're, you're playing a lot of PvP. You're trying to be better than other people, and there's different strategies involved with that because you're playing when you're playing against other people anything can happen in those matches yeah it's new gameplay every time you play that's the appeal I, to the multiplayer stuff. I, 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 I will with Civ, say it's a yeah. different game every sure. single time with well, Lars, it's a different game every single time in a sense and so with that you don't need as many new games as possible right. like you do fps or open world games or whatever
1: I I would argue that for the initial releases and sales, that's very true, but if StarCraft and XCOM didn't bring the big guns when it came to gameplay, XCOM more single player, StarCraft more multiplayer, it would not nearly have sold as much and been around as long. I mean, people love the XCOM franchise, but it's quite a bit different than the 90s. in the gameplay, especially in War of the Chosen, which is like XCOM 2.5 essentially, is, mm-hmm. is, is radically different in good ways. And it wouldn't be so popular and so loved and so streamed if the gameplay advances didn't happen as well. So, yes, initial interest and investment for sure based on the recognizability of the IPs, but you still have to bring the gameplay. And I would argue that XCOM, Civ, and StarCraft have lived up to the reputation of their IP way more than Call of Duty and a lot of these other properties, which is interesting. Civ, not as much, but yes, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely,
1: absolutely. Absolutely, I would agree, I would agree with that. What is, what's the split with Civ 6, really quickly? Because it's agreed upon that Civ 4 and Civ 5, after, especially after you know repeated patchings and expansions, are great games. But if you go to Steam Store, Civ 6 still has very mixed reviews. What is it about Civ 6 that has people so split? Because you've played it way more than me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the big issue is um, they figured out the problem. Um, the AI. The, oh right, so, you so talked about the AI, AI bug. Yeah, everything. Everything about Civ Six is designed to be better.
2: Yeah.
0: The problem is it wasn't in effect. How like the the AI things weren't the AI improvements weren't in effect mm-hmm. because they um they misspelled yield.
1: Right, five we talked. Times. We talked about this last time, but yeah. is that r- literally the only reason? Is that AI bug? That's one of the biggest reasons. Okay. That's probably the biggest reason.
0: Okay. Um, and so, if that was, if that wasn't a problem, I think Civ Six would
1: probably have dominated, hmm. or at least started to dominate, especially after Rise of Fall came out. Well, it's definitely dominated uh, streaming. I mean, it's always in the top five. It seems like.
0: Yeah, for strategy
1: games. I, mean. I believe Civ Six has been in the top five period a lot. I don't know. I see. I see more Civ Five
0: streamers in it, on Twitch anyway. Than
1: or Civ just if you group all of Civ together, I guess is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, uh, well. Okay. Well, whatever. Maybe maybe across all platforms. We, we can research that and get back to it. Yeah. Um All right. So just a couple quick uh, topics to to finish this off. Civ does really well on YouTube. Yeah. Um. So um. In terms of where the consoles are at. So I, I know more about Sony than the other the other consoles, obviously, because I've had a PS2, PS3, and PS4. Although I'm a late adopter on all of those systems. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but the cycle is usually about six or seven years, uh, almost exactly, for the Sony between Sony consoles, which would put the PS5 um, between 2019 and 2020. Even when you add the PS Pro, which wasn't quite as revolutionary as it could be. Um, So really quickly, PS4, so PS3 versus Xbox 360, Xbox in the first few years crushed PS3 because PS3 was very expensive, very underdeveloped, didn't have a lot of games, was very hard to develop for. When they finally did drop the price and start getting new IPs like Uncharted and Dead Space and stuff like that, then you had the PS3 do pretty well. And the PS4, because of the lower price point, better specs and better IPs, um, has mostly beat the Xbox. Xbox out uh, in this generation
0: um, and take it over almost all of the mainstream titles. Yep. Uh, case of case in point, they have the Call of Duty sponsor. They have not the sponsorship. Uh, the Call of Duty DLC advancement, which is really telling, because when the world's biggest shooter favors your console, there's a problem.
1: And look, the other look. Whatever you feel about Horizon Zero Dawn, whether you like it or not, or whether you think it's good or not, bought Sony a ton of goodwill because of the creative development in space and time they gave to Guerrilla, because other than a collector's edition, which had no DLC-related things, had a tiny amount of extra stuff and some toys or whatever, and it was very transparent, and they didn't even announce the expansion until the game sold 2.8 million copies in two weeks, and the expansion was a full-on 15 20 hours of excellent story and improved gameplay. And as I've been predicting, I've heard other analysts say that Horizon 2 is very much being developed for the next-gen PS5 and is high on the list of launch titles possibly bundle titles for that system. So I was just going to say, I think the PS5 we're looking at probably early 2020, and I think Horizon and maybe a couple other uh, PS IPs are looking like definitely launch day titles um, and possibly bundle titles um so where do you think the xbox is right now and then maybe we'll end with the switch because i have some questions for you about the state of the Mm -hmm. switch but in terms of the xbox which you know way more about what's the state of xbox right now i think the state of xbox
0: is a i so they so they released game pass game pass see if these was the first game to come out that's major on game pass Mm -hmm. so so far i'd say it's they're Game Pass is doing pretty good, mm-hmm. and Game Pass is definitely a plus for Xbox as a whole. Uh, we'll really know when more big games come out for Game Pass, like Forza, like Gears of War, when Halo, and blah 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 blah, when all these bigger titles come out. Um, I think that they really need to do something big, though. I think Microsoft needs to drop a lot of the greed practice that they pulled back at the beginning of Xbox One because they... I. They, they, they really dropped the ball at launch for Xbox One. I th- what they really expected was is that all their brand loyalty from 360 was to bring Stay Over onto the next one. And that really didn't happen, especially with the price disparity, the amount of good launch titles, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Just there was a lot of things wrong with how they launched the Xbox One.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I would say that next console release, has to be perfect in Mm -hmm. every regard perfect actually perfect um they are releasing the xbox classics soon which is um for for those who don't know xbox is the only console to do um backwards generation play
1: finally someone is
0: by non-digital stuff
1: Mm -hmm. playstation
0: has a few ps3 games that are digital that they have yeah it's lame that are backwards technically backwards compatible but discs physical discs you could play backwards compatible with Mm -hmm. on xbox which is nice that's probably the biggest and only advantage that xbox has over playstation they are using Xbox classics for anybody who like aerial fighters on Xbox classic. You can now, we will be eventually able to play those. Yep. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, that's, that's one of the nice things. So that needs to be a huge success. That needs to, that needs to be really nice. That needs to be a nice addition for everybody who likes Xbox.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And then finally on top of that, they need to release brand new, good, eye-catching titles like Sony is, like Ubisoft is, like, uh, well, Ubisoft is its own publisher, but like Nintendo and Sony are. Because Nintendo. They set themselves up. Sony, they're way set up. Oh yeah,
1: they just announced Spider Man of, officially, and people yeah. are like, uh, "The uh, already." I know people who own Xboxes who swore they would never get a PlayStation. Now they're buying PlayStation just for Spider Man. Right. right. Exactly. They, they, they dropped the ball
0: so hard because of the Xbox One that they, they that they're in this terrible position now. Yep. Um. And part, part of part of it is because Microsoft was only only ever popular in the U.S. Everywhere else, they're kind of, eh. um, that's part of the problem. Where Sony is popular worldwide, so yep. Uh, Xbox has a big road ahead of it, and if they don't figure out what they need to do soon, they will be in a bad spot. In the sense that they will they will have to stop developing huge time for the Xbox, and that they'll have to start releasing their games on PC. Yep which I don't have a problem with personally, but yep. it, it, for, for a lot of people out there, and I had zero problem with Xbox. I was an Xbox 360 gamer for a long time. Yep. I, 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 I I like Xbox. I think they do fine. I think Microsoft is an okay uh, publisher, but I don't think that they... Uh, I, I, I seriously think they're going to drop the ball because at this point... They they've lost so much of the uh, gamer audience that it's hard. It'll be hard for them to come back. Yeah, I mean, um, if I can just it's jump certainly in. possible. Yeah. It's possible. So all, all they have to do is have Sony drop the ball, which I don't know how it's going to happen because Sony learned their lesson from the PS3, like we were talking about
1: earlier. Well, I think like, look, Sony's biggest disadvantage is that Microsoft, you know, owns the PC market essentially from a software standpoint. But that's also Sony's biggest advantage because. Sony's exclusives are designed from the ground up to play so well with their system. Like Horizon, I would never want to play on a PC. Whereas like The Witcher, after playing an hour of it and being like, this is not for me, I would much rather play that on a PC. Shooters, absolutely, first-person shooters, much rather play on a PC. But games
0: like like Horizon
1: or Uncharted, I would never... think like it would be a better experience and not on the PlayStation, Microsoft's double dipping. And so, you know, they can do a lot with having the PC market and the Xbox market. But the fact that Sony can just concentrate on exclusive IPs and new IPs, um, specifically for consoles. And look, there is a, there's an element of brand loyalty. I've been using Sony products literally since the nineties, headphones, mini disc recorders, you know, disc Walkman, man, And honestly, 95% of my experiences have been amazing. And even though I had a few crashes on my PS3, uh, I never lost data. And it really just required like a 45 minute reboot and restart. And I was fine. So, whereas Microsoft, the, I literally, I literally quit PCs to go to Macs because I was tired of my fucking computer crashing and things not working the way I wanted to. Also, full disclosure, I, I was entering the music industry, and when you're running an indie music company and don't have a lot of money, there's a lot you can do with Macs that are much more expensive and complicated on PCs. That being said, you know I'm still able to get a pretty good experience with you know strategy games and adventure games on my Mac, and I'm streaming them not even. Even with a capture card like literally just using software capture i got for 30 fucking dollars um and so i i'm just soured on microsoft i don't think microsoft is an evil company i know bill gates isn't directly involved at this point but i I think he's a really good guy but i i I think there is a brand loyalty and uh and you know also a quality control element that playstations just work and Xbox has had a problem in that area for for a while, going back to the fact that what fifteen or twenty percent of Xbox 360s were like totally royally fucked.
0: Yeah, something like that. But I I don't contribute that to um, myself being a bad company. I contribute. Like, I think the pro- how it was handled was what contributed, contributed to it. But right. Uh, but let's just look. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yes. Let,
1: let's let's just look at the Horizon thing, or or especially the Spider Man thing. You know, like. The fact that Xbox users are going out in mass and getting PlayStations or upgrading to PS Pros for Spider-Man, does that ever happen with Microsoft? Because like, oh, I need to get these Xbox titles and I already have a PlayStation Pro. Let me get an Xbox One. I, it,
0: it uh, I think... Uh, I think if they didn't drop the ball, I think if Steve Themes was way better than it turned out to be, mm-hmm. then they would have had a much better... Reaction to that, but other than that, no. The, generally, the, la- the last game that I can think of that was that was happening for was Titanfall and Scalebound, and Titanfall ended up being a disappointment. Titanfall one anyway, and Scalebound was canceled.
1: Yeah, a lot of people had Titanfall 2 as honorable mentions for game of the year, and people think just because of the release schedule and the poor performance of the first one. Like, even Watch Dogs 2, I've heard, is pretty good, but the first one was so bad and disappointing that people didn't give it a chance. I can't speak to that. I can't speak to Titanfall 2 being pretty cool. Um, Titanfall, cool. It, it was cool. It was cool. I, as someone who owns and has played both, mm-hmm. both
0: games, both multiplayer in those games, best multiplayer I've ever played, hands down. Yep. Hands down. Hands down for a shooter. It's yep. fast-paced. It's exciting. It's yep. fun. There's never a dull moment. But, yep. But <laughs> there's not enough weapon variety yep. for uh, for some people. And uh, at the end of the day, it never took off. So it didn't matter. Like Lawbreakers. Have you heard, have you ever heard of Lawbreakers? I have. Okay. Uh, can you tell me? Uh, and I can tell you the answer, but I want you guys. What was the current playership for Lawbreakers the past month? I, I have no idea. Six. Wow. Six people played Lawbreakers last month. Wow. I'm not kidding. Wow. Six people. You know how hyped that game was? Yep. Twitch, you, you, you were Twitch Prime. There was a Twitch Prime pack for Lawbreakers. Hmm. That's how hyped that was, and it didn't go anywhere.
1: Well, and my last point on this subject, and maybe we'll do one or two quick hits and we'll sign off. But my last point is, almost without question the acclaimed and great best-selling PS exclusives are almost all mostly or purely single-player games so i still think there's a huge market for single player games and the fact mm-hmm. that sony keeps producing new ips that are great single player game experiences is a huge advantage for them and i hope they don't give into temptation and start putting you know back end games uh like sea of thieves necessarily not that there's anything wrong with sea of thieves i just don't want ps exclusives to be games like sea of thieves i want uncharted i want horizon i want the new spider-man assuming it's good you know what i mean um yeah mm-hmm.
0: What's it called? Uh, I got a, a Legend
1: Yeah, another another basically PS exclusive. No, it movie. was it was a P,
0: it was a PS4 exclusive. Yeah, and that's what that's what really launched it off sure. versus Xbox. we like, oh, Xbox. It's have been on like sale,
1: this? but if you have it, I would definitely take. Oh, it. Oh, I have it.
0: I'm not playing it right now, so go ahead and borrow that's, it. Okay, it's twenty. It was it's twenty bucks normally too. So it's like
1: all right. So quick piece of news, and then we'll end on the Switch. Does that sound good? Sure. Quick piece of news is. Not being that reported, over the last six months to a year or so, Naughty Dog keeps losing senior developers. Interesting. Now, this has already happened in um, uh, BioWare, but with BioWare, it's more clear that Electronic Arts is fucking with them. It's not so clear why Naughty Dog developers are leaving. And by the way, they're immediately signing with other developers and not being sued, which means it's relatively amicable because most of them have in their contracts, you know, exclusivity for one year or something. So, but the main developer of Last of Us, whose name I'm blanking on, the European guy, is still there. The main story writer is there. Uh, I know a lot of people who, like me, could almost not play the original Last of Us because of frame rate problems and the controls were so janky who really have loved the 60 FPS remastered. I have it. I haven't replayed it because it's such an emotional story and zombie games Mm -hmm. scare me, but I've heard it's a much better experience from a gameplay standpoint, and I'm sure they'll build on that for Last of Us 2. That's just interesting. I don't know. After the success of the two Uncharted games for this generation and the expectations for Last of Us 2, um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it.
0: Yeah, no. I, I mean, like, it, I, it, the same thing comes for 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 me for with Gearbox and Borderlands. Uh, Borderlands lost has lost so many good people, especially after pre-sequel.
1: You know, I didn't realize Anthony Birch left in 2015. I thought it was more recently, but I looked it up. He's yeah, like he, developing he, he, he TV left, content. He now. left. He left. He
0: left right after pre-sequel. He was like, nope.
1: And also, he left before the whole fucking um, G2A bullshit with Gearbox happened as well. I'm wondering if that contributed to his leaving, his knowing... What happened with that?
0: I actually didn't look into that. I know you so, said... Okay,
1: about. so there's a website called G2A that's worth, like, billions of dollars that nobody know knows that about. I know what I know what g I know a right, well, is. Right, I'm just explaining yeah. for the listeners, where they basically are the eBay of Steam and video game codes. They resell codes, so, like say you buy something like a toy or a video card or anything and it comes with like a free code for a game you don't want you can sell it to g2a for a few bucks and then they resell it way marked up but they've been it's been open that they've been involved in fraud and stealing keys and reselling them and then engaging in fraud with their own customers and they keep getting away with it the way they get away with it is they just throw tons of money at at Twitchers and YouTubers to support their brand until they realize how sketchy it is, and then they leave in order to cover their tracks. And Gearbox got involved in, in a, uh, an exclusive exclusive deal with G Two A, and Total Biscuit went on record and says, "I will no longer be covering any Gearbox games in the future until you stop working with G Two A." And to their credit, Gearbox went to Total Biscuit, and even though this isn't his job pro bono they asked him to provide evidence of g2a's fraudulent uh, horrible nature and he provided it to them and they broke their contract with g2a by then the damage had been done and uh, you know the fact that they had to rely on total biscuit to do their job for them is pretty pathetic also the fact that you know yeah, when, when not having Anthony not having the birches with borderland series isn't a good move in general, I think. And they've put yeah. out some shit products as well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I can, I, I'm going to go on record here and say that I've bought multiple titles and multiple even DLC content from G2A several times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Never once had a personal problem with them. Um, I, I know a lot of people have talked about G two A and the experiences that we've had. Um, I've, I've never personally had a problem, so I can't personally attest to G two A doing any wrongdoing to me personally. But I know they've done wrongdoing in the past.
1: Well, they definitely um, stolen money illegally from Steam and companies that sell. On I Steam.
0: think I, I think they got off the ground that way, particularly that way. Um, I don't know whether they're still engaging in such practices.
1: I mean. The Gearbox Total Biscuit thing happened literally less than a year ago. Just search Total Biscuit Gearbox G2A online and you'll see Total Biscuit's entire, it's in 10 minutes, he describes the entire situation and all the evidence and all the fallout from it. Um, and there's some other good YouTube sites like Level Cap Gaming and so forth who covered it pretty well, but it's insane. Um, and so you can easily find it online, but that was just a year ago. And I know the majority of customers haven't been credit card frauded by them because otherwise they would be out of business, but there's been enough that there has been ongoing lawsuits. But it's one of those companies that makes so much money and is able to fly under the radar that they would rather settle out of court for everything and they're still making tons of money. So it's still a good investment, which is messed up, but that's the industry. So... That's yep. that. So, let's lead into a more positive topic and one you can talk directly about which is the Switch. Now there's two main things that have really happened with the Switch over the last, I don't know, 6 months, 4 months, you can tell me better. One is lots of remasters including Dark Souls and including, you know, Bayonetta games including, you know, their own games in other people's games, and for the first time, like, a huge expansion in the official Nintendo store of titles, including indie titles, that previously they wouldn't necessarily get. Now, mostly the feedback to the remasters, as well as the expansion of the Nintendo store, has been mostly positive. Some people are worried that it's starting to get oversaturated the way Steam is with shitty titles, and Nintendo needs to be a little bit more Nintendo, perhaps. Now, I will say, man, I fully subscribe to the theory that Nintendo can't win with consumers because either they're giving the consumers exactly what they want which is what the same shit they've always been giving them and people say we want new shit and other times the consumers complain because they're doing new stuff you know that's not enough like the old stuff and not nostalgic enough and so forth so I yeah. totally get it I think the fact that they didn't make enough NES and super NES you know uh, systems or whatever was inexcusable but at the same time is almost commendable in the sense of like it was the opposite of a cash grab they didn't make enough they could have made way more money so i think all of nintendo's failings, for the most part don't have to do with greed and that fascinates me so i'll throw it to you to finish this up you can talk about anything in terms of topics i brought up or in terms of just the state of the switch in general sure a year so, into it
0: um so i think the first thing that you forgot to mention after mention, was smash because mm-hmm. everyone lost their shit when they found out about it but that's here the high neither here or there sure um, that's going to be huge for the online, for the Switch, because Nintendo, the, the, they are going to be releasing an online, pay, a pay-for online like Nintendo and Sony have done, or uh, by, like by Sony have done, with the exception that this is, it's $20 a year, which is a really good, first of all, that's a third of what the other two platforms That's sell almost no money. That's essentially free. And you get virtual console games for free with it. That's unbelievable. It, which basically means they're forcing you to buy virtual console games.
1: <laughs> which even if you literally use for twenty hours total, you're already making out like a bandit as a consumer. Right. If I get Kid Icarus
0: for free, the original, I will lose my
1: shit. Like,
0: but you. you but anyway. Yep. Um. So. Uh. That that that's um. That that's great to hear that they're doing that. Uh, versus what they but they could do, which is uh way worse. Mm-hmm.
1: Um I will say, quick, can I add something real quick? Yeah, yeah yeah. I think the fact that Mario Odyssey and Mario um Rabbids were so liked, even by people who don't normally love Nintendo or are critical of Nintendo, was great after The Breath of the Wild, where Some reviewers like Jim Sterling and others literally were getting death threats sent to their house for giving it a 7 out of 10 and lowering the Metacritic score by one point. And whatever you think of Breath of the Wild, the insecurity of Nintendo and Zelda fans, they feel they have to personally attack critics who gave it a 7 out of 10 and still called it good, by the way. It's like still played it and called it good, you know, and like yeah. like Jim's um, podcast host, Lara Kay, who's also a British woman, spent 300 hours on Breath of the Wild and gave it a 10 out of 10. And they engaged in a very productive discussion on the podcast talking about it. Like, why can't we right. just have that productive discussion? That being said, Mario Odyssey and Mario Rabbids were really loved across the board. And I know right. people who considered those must buy games. uh, or or i should say games to buy the switch for even more than breath of the wild which is saying a lot
0: yeah i so so here's what you have to here's what you have to think about when you're thinking about this um first of all it's the internet they engage stupid shit all the time um
1: right but people who criticize the uncharted and horizon series don't get death threats you know i mean right but but what you have to understand is, *Legends of the Breath of the Wild*
0: will be cemented as the, the top ten games of all the time because it is in the top
1: ten games. Sure, of all time. but the fact that ten percent of medic, of people, the fact that ten percent of the most respected and watched and listened to critics and reviewers don't agree with that. It is important to note in terms of history, and also the reason why the zealots of the game, you know, got so fucking angry with them because it's like. You can't just love the game And you can't just be happy with 90% Of the industry giving it a 10 out of 10 You know, it's like a dictatorship You know, it's like When dictators hold elections that are totally Rigged and they get 95% Of the vote, they immediately go out And murder the other 5% who voted For them, even though they know they were going to win The election because they're the dictators And it was rigged, you know, it's like it's like You can't just enjoy the fact that It's a great game and you love it and most people love it You need everybody to love it which I think is a state of internet culture and, and pop culture in general, and the insecurities people have with needing everyone to love a thing. It's not enough for them to love a thing. Oh, no, I, I, I understand. I understand. And listen, like,
0: I'm not arguing with you. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk the other side of the argument, or at least not, or at least the, the other side of what you're stating. But I'm sorry I'm sorry to go um, on that tangent.
1: My, my point was, I, I think it's a credit to the Switch that they won back some of the people who right. didn't love Breath of the Wild, or were hurt or were cynical based on how they were treated based on their so-so reception Breath of the Wild. The fact that they continue to support the Switch because of Mario Odyssey, because of Mario Rabbids, because of Smash, you know, because of, I'm sure people are going to fucking love, by the way, a game I really want to play which is hyrule warriors really you're a warriors guy i'm not but i've heard that if you're going to play a warriors game hyrule warriors is the one fire emblem
0: warriors and hyrule warriors are actually pretty good yeah
1: yeah so um, so let's just talk but, in general but, so, about remasters in so, the expansion of the story.
0: yeah so like, like i actually i actually want to talk about like the, one more thing before we close out the switch update scene here real fast so um what we talk a lot, we, especially this episode, but also in general on this um, this podcast specifically about like uh, when we're when we're talking about games or whatever publishers whatever. If they had done this, it would have been better. Or if they had done blank, or they just listened to whoever, it would have been better, right? The Nintendo Switch and Nintendo had literally done everything right along the way. That it's like like it's insane because it's like except for one thing that I can think of, but it's it doesn't matter so consequently along the entire life cycle of the unit. So they've done literally everything perfectly, and that's what's helped skyrocket it to switch to such
1: well, success. The fact that One Two Switch was a launch title is hilarious, but whatever.
0: Well, One Two Switch is my my one of my well, listen. It didn't launch with the with the unit. I think it should have, but it didn't, and that's that's Nintendo's what I'm saying. Right to, yeah, that's Nintendo's right to do that. That sure. that's not something that I felt like Nintendo needed to do, but they should have.
2: Sure. Um, the the,
0: the grievance I'm more of talking about is um the fact that they launched a uh, hey your Nintendo Rewards program is actually just buy a game and you have to spend five thousand dollars to get one free, free sixty dollar title. That's that, that's more of the grievance I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. that's neither here or there. Sure. Like, Most game companies do not have uh, rewards programs. They just don't.
2: Mm-hmm. And if
0: they are, they're really scaled up to the point where like, you, it's impossible to get anything. Um, uh, so mo- moving on to like, your remastered stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Pax East happened this weekend. We got a lot of footage for Dark Souls Remastered. It looks pretty good. I'd say it looks pretty good. It Sixty looks, frames. Uh, Dark Souls Remastered in general looks pretty good. No, it's going to be thirty frames on console. It's going to be thirty frames on the Switch.
1: Really? Um, at seven, At seven twenty or at nine? Whatever.
0: No, it's going to be. It's going to be thirty at both. It's going to be. It's going to yeah. be. Um,
1: I'm starting to get into the argument of offering 720-60 as a, opposed to 1080-30. It's
0: just so much crisper. I don't understand why people want ten eighty. With Zelda, it works because everything's cel shaded and it's different, but like it doesn't yeah. work.
1: Well, look, I've I've been you know I I've I got the one of the first titles I got with my PS4 was uh, the Uncharted remastered, and even though Can Uncharted I- four clearly looks better, playing Uncharted three at sixty frames, b- but what's essentially upscaled seven twenty is pretty dope. Yeah. So no, no, de- definitely, definitely. Um, especially action games, right? I mean, Bayonetta at sixty frames must be silky smooth. Oh, it's very smooth, but that's part of the that's so that's one of the things is that like
0: it all. It also all comes down to like how well you port something yep. and who the publisher is behind porting it. For example, it's Platinum Games who makes Bayonetta. <laughs> when we talk about when we talk about legendary developers and, and publishers.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Platinum Games is up there in the legendary category, as in they have never done anything wrong. Like, it, like other than other than you may not like their game. Like, that's right. it. that's, it's, it's that's like rockstar
1: it's on. like rockstar like rockstar it's technically like rockstar. haven't done anything wrong i technically don't like most or all of their games but they've never done anything wrong. but they've wrong. Th- other than
0: other than releasing a title you don't like they've never done anything wrong.
1: no that's what i'm saying i i, I they, happen they, to they find they, grand they, theft auto offensive and stupid but i can't deny that it's great game design and product absolutely and
0: so platinum games is one of those Guys up there that just does it really well. Yeah, With even the even you, the
1: ultimate sorry, even the ultimate cynic like Total Biscuit heaps praise on Platinum Games yeah. generally.
0: And and go, going going back to Scalebound for a second, yes, I'm still going here because I I wish they actually finished this game. Platinum Games was in charge of Scalebound. It was going to be great, but then Microsoft had to screw it up because they wanted microtransactions in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And th- so Platinum Games said, "Yeah, we're not going to do that," and they stopped development for it. Mm-hmm. So like like when uh, like when pu- when you have the right publisher, right dev team working on a port, yep. it turns out really really well. And, what, they we, could they could have had Skyrim sixty yeah. frames on the Switch can, can I, can if just, they
1: spent more time on it. Lemme, can I just add something really quickly? Mm-hmm. If I didn't know and I just played Horizon and then Witcher Three, I would be a hundred percent sure that Witcher Three was running at thirty frames max whereas I wouldn't know for sure that Horizon was only running at 30 frames. I experienced no slowdown and no choppiness, and that was the smoothest combat I have ever played. So I think the FPS argument is a little overrated in the sense that there are great action games like Uncharted and Horizon that play great at 30 frames. I don't know enough about coding in the guts of computers to explain why that's the case.
0: The the simple explanation is: the more time and the better experienced team you send to work on something, Mm -hmm. the better the product will be, hands down, always. Mm -hmm. Just, just it will be. They spend years. Yeah, but why is Horizon so
1: smooth at 30 frames? I don't understand. You so 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 when you send an experienced team into
0: developing a game, you 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 take a lot of things in under circumstance, like how the overall game will look. Sure. And so, when you make combat the same as the game world, along with the same as the cinematic world,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it all it, it you you begin to adapt to the world. That's the first thing. Uh, so, for example, in Destiny Two, cutscenes are still in thirty frames. So, when you're playing at one hundred forty four frames, like I am right now, and then you go into a cutscene, you're like, "What the blazing hell is this? Right. It looks awful because it's a cutscene. It moves to thirty frames. It's locked at thirty frames." Right. That's, that, that's why. Hmm. When you make the whole game world locked at 30, your eyes begin to adapt to the art style and everything begins to look fluid because that is the art. That is the world. It's in 30 frames. It's locked there. Yeah, and to And then some other high-res right. textures and well, some other things. To, Not everything on the screen will be running at 30. Some sure. things will be running more efficiently than ours and that helps yeah. blend in. With and,
1: it. To be fair, I haven't played a lot of action games of any kind that run at 60. So... To me, Horizon felt more than smooth enough. Maybe I would feel it being even better at 45 or 60. So I, I'm not the best person to compare it to. Mm-hmm. But it just seems to be a little bit of an overrated argument, even though I get the reasoning.
0: I would say, um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you're on my side now. But uh, maybe, maybe now you need to buy two t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> t-shirts,
1: but um, <laughs> I, I, it's not that I've not been on your side. It's just that Total Biscuit is such a hardcore advocate for 60 frames per second. Hey, here's the thing: today, it
0: shouldn't be an issue with current day technology. If Bayonetta on the Switch could do it, yeah, every platform out
1: there should be able to do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, and if they can do 4K at at 30, why can't they do 1080 at 60? It makes zero sense. 4K30 is
0: different. It, it's different, but I understand like the what yeah. what you're saying now. Yeah. Uh, it, it, or I'm 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 agreeing with like the why can't it yeah. be? Like, like it's just like
1: okay. All right. Well, uh, let's 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 head toward the right, end and, and game, wrap, let, listen, wrap this listen, up.
0: Game development costs a lot of money. Yep, it's and true. And game developers like their jobs. They spend a ton of time. They spend they, like this is their artwork. This is their project. I don't blame I don't blame most game developers in the slightest. Sure, I don't. Sure, um, but however, it's, it's
1: split between you know EA and then Guerrilla Games, which literally bet the entire future of their company on Horizon Zero Dawn and could have easily backfired and resulted in all of them losing their jobs. Right. So. Um, okay. Okay. So let let me close this up because we could go on forever. Name one thing that you really like about the current state of the Switch, and one thing that you either dislike or are just concerned about. You can do it in either order.
0: Um,
1: they don't have I'm to be huge with, things.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to start with uh the current state of the Switch. In what I like, mm-hmm. I like the fact that um. I, I like that they're starting to really pick up on what they need to release. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, like the whole argument of everything's really shaky, oh, they're not going to have enough titles, blah, 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 blah. Now we're in that phase of everything is coming out, so it's going to be real nice that everything's coming out and that there's going to be a lot more to play. There's going to be a lot more investment in the unit, um, which in turn means just a better overall experience for everything regardless of what it is
2: hmm.
0: um it, it it means that nintendo tastes more risks which is always nice because when nintendo tastes risks they generally do things right mm-hmm. um so for me that that's that's what i'm that's what i'm currently enjoying um i would say that um what i'm not what i'm not too happy about is just the lack of uh, like announcements right now for this year sure um now, mostly that's because I'm a huge Pokemon fan and we know there's a Pokemon game coming out, but yeah. suppose, like, like we have gotten no news as of this year about it. And I really think that they're dropping the ball in that sense uh, because they, it, if they want to sell units, like I have a coworker. He was like, man, I see that Switch. I like how it looks, but there's no Pokemon game. And I'm like, there's one coming out there. Wait, really there is? I need to buy one then. Hmm. That mentality is what Nintendo is missing. Mm-hmm. Is that if they announce right now, because you saw it with Breath of the Wild,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you saw it with Odyssey,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mario Odyssey, if they announce that their that their main that their main um, titles are having, or their their main characters are having titles on their platform, they will it will sell it'll sell units before they even get the game or it'll sell games before they even get the unit.
2: Mm-hmm. like we
0: saw on switch launch was that people bought zelda copies for the switch even though they didn't have a switch because they they knew they weren't going to get one but they wanted to make sure they had a switch copy of zelda
1: hmm.
0: and look so i i yeah. I, I, I they, they I, I really think they need to release this stuff soon yeah the the new mm-hmm. metroid game that they that they're going to release like get us stuff for that the pokemon game get us stuff for that yep. like, get it out there don't wait Stop
1: waiting. Just get it out there. Get it out to is, us. Is Monster Hunter not on Nintendo? It's not on the Switch. It's um, crazy to me.
0: But here's the thing. So, so, me personally, I actually don't want them to port.
2: Well, I, I was actually going to
1: compliment Switch. Nintendo. I know it's technically a Capcom game, but the fact that that used to be Nintendo exclusive and now, you know, is multi platform, and by the way, T- whether you care about Monster Hunter World or not, and you and I are on the same page of not really caring that much, but it was very uncynical. They were very open about no loot boxes, no excessive DLC, regular content releases, an actual giant world with lots to do, great um, uh, you know, a multiplayer co-op interaction. And they sold a ton of copies And people are still playing And streaming it I mean When Strippen streams that He gets like 4k Concurrent viewers For like 8 hours at a time Like <laughs> People like the game And it's very uncynical And if companies like Ubisoft Even if they kept making Far Cry and Assassin's Creed games That just got slightly better if They just got rid of The microtransaction And season pass stuff They would have so much goodwill It seems like such an obvious Move forward Where they, these, they can still Monetize these products If they just stop. Being so cynical and greedy, and that'll be my final thought. And I'll give you the final final thought. So,
0: I, I I think, um, just to quickly, just beside besides my final thought here, to quickly touching your season pass. Uh, what you're saying about I think season passes are too ingrained in the world today triple developers that to not to not well, have people
1: are suckers if they buy them so you know keep doing it publishers and idiots out there keep buying them but you're sure. a freaking dumbass sure. you but, do but, it. but most
0: but, but there there are half the games out there release quality content for see with their season pass. but
1: there's no real financial advantage i mean in the end you either lose yeah, money is. or yeah, you maybe save a couple bucks yeah there is what will tell you how yeah all those suckers who bought in the Destiny
0: 2 and bought their season passes along with Destiny 2, and now they don't play Destiny 2 anymore. They just paid an extra thirty five dollars.
1: How does that benefit consumers? It doesn't. It benefits the publisher. I know, but either I'm con- I'm not arguing about the publisher side. I know it's good for publishers. I'm saying it's not good. For- it's oh, stupid it's good for, for publishers consumers. because
0: it's good for publishers because when they eventually fix Destiny 2, it'll actually be a good game. But <laughs> yep. um, well, we'll have to table but, but, that. But, but, and, yeah, we'll have to table but so, that. So like, so, like, my final thought overall is just mm-hmm. gaming today is in a very weird spot. It it's is. weird than it's ever before. It is. we are living in the age where anything at any time could take over the gaming world. Yeah. It, 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 that, that, that's due to the internet connectiveness. That's due to a lot of different things. If we were living in the world today... Uh, back when nintendo first launched their stuff back when sega first launched their stuff we would be having totally different conversations about the genres and the characters that we love today yeah so the the make no mistake that the that fortnite minecraft and whatever else is ahead of us here
2: mm-hmm.
0: like is a defining moment in gaming and just because we're living in the moment, and like we're living in a world where the next content release is just around the corner, yep. doesn't like like doesn't mean that these things are not having substantial impacts on us. Yeah, we saw it most recently with Zelda: Breath of the Wild. It took it became an instant classic the minute it hit shelves. Probably before it like before before it was even launched, it was a classic. Uh, we saw it with Overwatch the year before. It was it was a selling franchise. The minute a trailer dropped, so yeah, the 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 this it, it's, it's a very different world today.
1: Although I would like uh, to add, Breath of the Wild still has sold more copies, uh, fewer copies than Horizon.
0: Has it? On both on both Wii U and yeah, uh,
1: so it's like, like six point seven for Breath of the Wild versus like eight for Horizon. So it's not. I want to double. I want to double check your numbers. Well, no, but sure. but percentage wise. PlayStation had a 55 million plus user base built in when Horizon came out, whereas the Switch was just coming out. So percentage-wise, Breath of the Wild is more. I'm looking at like early February numbers, so it could be closer at this point. It's close, and, and- but what, look, 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 my point is the fact that Horizon could get dropped during that release schedule with Horizon Year and other properties and still do so well and all of those single player games do so well and we had the battle royale system thing and we had all the microtransaction stuff really hit shit hit the fan I mean 2017 was a momentous year and there was maybe more good stuff than bad stuff which doesn't make the bad stuff less bad you know but it just makes it more glaring when you know all the best games last year were basically single player but we also had you know the battle royale system which people are really enjoying you know and that's a great competition I just (laughs) wish they'd stop suing you each other but that's I guess always going to happen so and, yeah and, I think and, and I, I guess just what I was going to say was we saw a major expansion in quality of single player and multiplayer last year and that's great and, 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 and just that, that kind of sums up like my middle of what I was about to say and let me just
0: finalize what and let me just bring that bring this back to my third point and then full circle it um, and so all of these things will lead and we, we also saw the launch of the switch a new way to play games like actually new way. We've never seen the the mobile gaming world be this great today, whether it be mobile phones, whether it be the Switch, whether it be a three DS or a PS Vita, mm-hmm. if anybody actually has a PS Vita.
1: But um, Dude, I know a lot it, of people it, it, that it, it, really it. like the Vita from my hardware control standpoint, and it actually works really well playing PS3 and PS4 games on mm-hmm. it m- remotely. Oh, so. I, I, I,
0: I, want, I, want a PS. If Vita I can just, get a Vita
1: for one hundred and fifty dollars, I'd probably get one. You can get them cheaper. Well, can, if you can help me do that, I would love it. I would love ASOS to be able to play. I'd love ASOS. to be able to play my PS4 from my bedroom.
0: Um. Anyways, I want to I want to get one for Persona 4, but yeah, um, go ahead. But anyway, yeah, so, me too. And and, and 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 with VR and AR taking bigger and better strides as we go on, I know Skyrim VR was a great success. A lot of people liked it. Fallout VR not so much. People didn't like it. But um, with 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 VR taking bigger steps, with AR taking bigger steps, like all of these things are hitting at the same time. And it's a great time because that means that the more things that publishers see us like, the better the the more money they're gonna throw into developing stuff. Sure. Even if it's even if it's not as much as they could. Even if they're being greedy about how much they're selling it for. Yep. It means more and better products for us in the long run, yep. even if it's happening slower than it could.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I would say I, I would say that stay in the moment while you can, especially mm-hmm. in this day and age. Or like, like I was saying, everything is just flying by with a content release. Mm-hmm. But also remember that if you don't like something now, enjoy what you enjoy. Enjoy the stuff you're enjoying now, mm-hmm. um, because when that thing you are enjoying comes around, and maybe it's not great, then you keep enjoying what you're enjoying now, and you wait till the next thing you're enjoying. Yep. Because the mentality today is your sixty dollar game has to be worth my 300 hours of content that I'm going to get out.
1: Especially of when I can get a a, sup, uh, a graphically superior version on the PC at like half price on Steam. Precisely. Precisely. And, and I think if I had to sum up, I'd say when you're buying into the Switch, you're buying into a lifestyle and the entire brand. I want to point out, as of last month, the Switch has sold 14 million worldwide. So if we round up and say Zelda sold around 7 million, that means half of all Switch users bought Zelda. Mm-hmm. If you look, which at, is which is
0: the fastest selling console yeah. in U.S. It's already past the it, Wii U. It, it's already beaten it, the it, Wii U. And it will it, it, at this rate. If it keeps going at this rate, it will be the fastest selling console of all time. Yep.
1: And sort of in the middle, you've got the PlayStation with 8 million Horizon sales on about, I think, at this point, somewhere between 60 and 70 million, maybe slightly more consoles, which is over 10% of people buying Horizon, which is still excellent. It's not Nintendo levels, but again, they're not going for the same thing. You know, greatest Horizon is it's not a brand like Zelda, not a game like Zelda. That's still great microsoft on the other hand xbox is in the weakest position as we've talked about however pc games are as great as they've ever been in the selection of excellent indie titles out there from you know games that we've never talked about like undertale for example which some people it's like a low-res pixel rpg that people fucking love which is also coming to ps4 (laughs) yeah i can't I'm, I'm i think it's on ps4 isn't it or not quite yet it, is it all ps4 it's also coming to switch which is nice but that's um, a perfect switch game that's like the right, ultimate it, switch game exactly yeah exactly. so i think they're all in great positions but the developers and publishers have to stop robbing us blind for no reason but consumers also need to be smart and stop doing stupid shit and if you're gonna gamble on loot boxes then accept responsibility and don't if go I, crazy with it it, 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 it if I and before we go, I do want to give one
0: at least one yeah. like like to one plus to publishers. Yeah, give your final shout out. In all of this, in all of this, one plus to publishers. The cost of games have not gone up with inflation. A a, a, lo, a lot of the microtransaction stuff we see right have been due to the fact that
1: in games have not gone up with inflation. They haven't. Right. It, they haven't. So, but what um, I'm arguing for is. Not necessarily free to play greedy, lower it, lower initial purchase price, like twenty bucks, and plenty of DLCs and microtransactions, but just be more transparent about it and give us more content. Like like you've been saying with Destiny, now with the DLCs, you know you're getting, what'd you say, five full missions or whatever? You're 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 getting you're getting you're getting three hours worth of content
0: or like like story content and then But you know what it, it is, which is content. the key part. Right. Well, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. you know it's, it's, it is, it's the same so. the activision very much call of duty of fight the dlc method for the bunch Bungie, for Bungie's dlc development time yeah they, they they were like hey we're gonna release the four multiplayer maps and the ones office map and a dlc weapon because why not for 15 dollars? that, that that's, that's the same thing
1: word Alright, buddy. Well we'll keep right. apprised. uh um, My friend
0: my friend here uh has just text chatted me saying loot boxes are the devil's work. <laughs>
1: He's yeah. right now. It's not ideal. It, but there is a middle ground there somewhere. They just need to find it. If Nintendo doesn't need to give in to it, I don't know why everyone else has to, so yeah. I will give Nintendo that. Like I said, the worst thing about Nintendo you can say is that they're just unbelievably quirky and incomprehensible in their decisions, but greed does not seem to drive them as much as a lot of other companies, at least on the surface. No, Nintendo plays safe.
0: They They always play safe.
1: Yeah, right. Like with the Wii U, for example, they they played overly safe. Right, exactly. So, all right, buddy. Well, the Wii U wasn't safe. The Wii U just didn't launch with anything. Right, 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 right. Um... Uh, it's it's interesting whether to think whether if they just called it the Wii 2 versus the Wii U, if that would have made a difference.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Uh... Yeah. Well, no, co- no console's ever been called 2. Actually, well, yes, they started PlayStation 2, but like,
1: Yeah. I think we can definitively say corporations tend to be greedy and consumers tend to be stupid. And that's been the case across the capitalist market, video games or not. And that's how it's going to be. So be a smart consumer. Love the stuff you love. Don't give people death threats because they don't love the stuff you love. Don't harass people on Twitch because they're women or people of color or so forth. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. Don't be a dick. I think we can leave on that thought. So thank you very much, Ethan. Look forward to following your progress. I'm Absolutely. hoping there'll be some games coming up besides Destiny. Not that you should stop playing Destiny or stop loving it. I just hope there's some games coming up later on this year that you will like enough to stream and, and really get uh, into depth about. I'm definitely,
0: definitely going to do Monster Hunter later this year, especially in between the, the last of the pre-Destiny big expansion content. Yeah. Um, and talk about me. a
1: game that's worth waiting for the $30 collector's edition with all the DLC already out, right? I mean, that's the perfect example. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Cool, so promote your, um, your channel and tell us, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, well, maybe the times that you tend to stream as well, even though it's I a stream on Twitch.
0: I tend to stream on the weekends. Um, I'm streaming on both Twitch and Mixer, uh, trying to grow a channel somewhere mm-hmm. at some point.
1: And what, what, do, what are um, the, um, the the sites? Uh, you can go
0: to twitch.tv slash elvadorable, E-L underscore F-E-D-O-R-A-B-L-E, and that is the same over on Mixer. Um, I tend to stream basically whatever I just feel like playing at the time. Um, it could be a variety. It could be some Civ. It could be some Destiny. Um, on my birthday, I stream Portal, because I do a yearly playthrough of Portal on my birthday every year. Um or I'll tend to do quirky stuff like that for every now and then. Sure. Um, I did. I was able to get the Legend of Zelda uh, emulator to work, nice. a PC. So I'm playing in 60 frames. Yeah. Breath of the Wild.
1: Yep. And by the <laughs> way, awesome. I literally have Link Between the Worlds physically in my 3ds but i'm playing through the third and final version of whatever the current fire emblem series is revelations which is actually better than the others um for reasons I won't go into here, even though it's gotten the least Shadow, publicity,
0: was it was it Shadow of Valencia. Or?
1: No, Shadow of Valencia. I go in and out of because there are these RPG 3D elements where you're in caves and stuff, running around, which I just hate. Um, okay. And it's kids, which I get annoyed. Like the only thing worse than anime characters are kid anime characters. <laughs> I'd rather play as adults. Um, so no, I'm talking about the Birthright Conquest Revelations okay. trilogy. Okay. Um, okay. but um, but yeah, link between worlds is a 2d zelda game that i'm so pumped for i also think i should play majora's mask like the more and more i listen to people talk a lot of people's favorite uh zelda game is majora's mask i feel like i should give that a try maybe
0: Mm -hmm. majora's mask has a very um time-centric feel to it okay um it's also really infamously known for the fact that the japanese copy uh you could cheat and you could speedrun through the entire game without knowing this. Well, you know that you could play the songs without knowing them. Right, so but again, this is a
1: consumer game. thing. If you want to get cheated out of an experience, that's your choice, man. Like, this is the same right. reason why Dark Souls should have an easy mode, but maybe you don't get everything in easy mode. Like, not. Like, Dark Souls like is Cuphead. considered one of the best games ever. Or Dark like Souls. Cuphead. What? Like, Cuphead. Yeah. Just put an easy mode in. Who cares? Nah. Put nah. it in big capital letters and make some jokes throughout the game about how you're in easy mode. Like big nah. fucking deal. Nah. Yeah. Nah. You know, you know what I'm you're, saying you're, though. You know you're what I'm gonna saying. Play,
0: you're going to play Bloodborne and when you beat it, you're going to be like, "Nah, I w- I would never play this game in easy.
1: Yeah. Bloodborne's is the game where I don't sit on the couch and I like pull in my like nice chair and <laughs> right up against the TV and I'm leaning into it, you know? <laughs> That was the thing about Horizon was it was just challenging enough. That was sort of at the edge of my seat, but I was still on the couch. The Witcher, man, I got to say, I know we keep going on here, but I feel like I have to bring this up. I've been saving The Witcher 3 for so long. On paper, it has the bizzle written all over it. High fantasy setting, third-person combat, looting, You know, Horizon style world, the Witcher sense, which is like the focus RPG elements, but it's so heavy on statistics. You gotta gotta play it on
0: PC with a controller. That's
1: the thing. Yeah, you need to play on PC with a controller. And I I, I just, I love the ranged combat of Horizon and the melee mashing of Witcher. I got my ass kicked even on normal settings so quickly which would be fine. I would learn that, but on top of the, there's an unnecessary amount of percentages and statistics. I'm just like, you know what? I have divinity original sin remastered. I'm going to play divinity one and two instead. So this means you want to borrow Persona Five? Yep. Huh? That's that is exactly what I am saying. And I and I downloaded the near uh, demo, which I didn't realize existed. Yeah. So I am going to check that out. So, anyways, yeah. we'll have more to talk about. Thank you again for being on, man. Always a pleasure. And uh, t- yeah, people play more games, but play them smartly and play the good ones. So. Mm -hmm. word all right so uh ethan and i thank you uh for joining us and for now we are out